I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. All out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. It's not the worst podcast out there. That's for sure. <laughs> like second worst. Yeah. <laughs> <Get me. clears throat> as, as long as the other one keeps going, it's like they there stop. You you're like, oh yeah. fuck, we're the worst now. <laughs> yeah. I know. You gotta, yeah, you gotta improve just a little bit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. This is Paul, and with me, as always, is Marco. What's going on? Hey, man, it's going. It's going. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, we are here for another bonus episode, um, which I guess pretty much these bonus episodes are just equating to times that we have other people on to interview them about their movies. Right. So uh, with us tonight is the director and a co-writer of a movie that just recently came out that I had actually heard about on s- some other shows and got um, 
I got kind of interested. Actually, I saw some buzz on Instagram a little bit too. And that movie is called Low Life. Uh, just came out mm-hmm. this year. And the director uh, that's with us is uh, Ryan Prowse. How's it going, Ryan? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> good, good. Good, welcome, man. Yeah, so uh, as far as this, this movie just coming out recently, uh, how has it been received uh, from peers and critics and everything i mean i've i've heard mostly good things so i don't i don't know yeah i i would say surprisingly well for uh having a main character with a swastika tattoo on his face so (laughs) right i can't i can't complain (laughs) sure sure no that's good um yeah i actually had reference that i heard about it on something i heard uh nikki on the movie crypt podcast oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. adam green and joe lynch and uh I had seen it actually. Whoever runs your Instagram page had uh, had I don't know followed me or something. Somehow I had connected with the Instagram page for the movie through Instagram through our our, our podcast page on Instagram. Sorry, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of had talked to them a little bit. And I don't know if if you know who runs that or if you run that yourself or. Um, it is one of the writers and producers. I think he, or I don't know, it might've been me too. We kind of all split up. Um, the good, the good thing about having so many people on the team is we can all split up social media duties. Sure. sure. Yeah. The bad thing about being a no budget movie is we do all that ourselves. (laughs) 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 Well, that's, that's happened before where I, um, what was, you know, somebody on the podcast here and said, uh, Hey, you know, whoever runs your Instagram is, is uh, doing a good job. They'll they'll like some of our posts and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, that's me. I do it." Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> so. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I had saw it on there and watched the trailer, and I was like, "Wow, this looks crazy. I'm I'm definitely yeah. interested." And then I I heard her on there and was like, "Oh yeah, now this is definitely coming out. I got to check it out." And so I ended up. Yeah, and they were really cool. They were like very supportive pretty early on too. Like Joe Lynch was all crazy retweeting it and everything so that was dope and sure, sure. adam green we met we met him we met both of them in uh kansas city which was which was fun at the panic fest nice nice um yeah that's uh i've discovered a lot of cool movies from their show especially you know joe lynch this seems right up his alley he likes the crime drama shoot him up action type of thing yeah we got his ass he was not prepared <laughs> <laughs> right right that's cool uh so how did you get into making movies in general? Like, was your was your choice always to kind of get into directing, or did you have some other interests? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I definitely always kind of liked directing. Um, you know, I just started. Uh, I'm from Atlanta, and um, okay. uh, started basically when I was a kid. Just like my, I had uh, grandparents that had a a farm. We'd be like bored as shit, and you know, we'd like like someone get a video camera and we just start making little movies and it, and it kind of went from there and, um, out of high school and I went to undergrad for a film. Um, you know, we were just kind of making stuff around Atlanta, uh, and kind of came into writing more, more so from just, uh, uh, kind of out of necessity of like wanting to direct. So had to write stuff to direct. Um, and then I've now gotten to where I like writing, but you know, initially it was such a, slog i fucking hated it but sure, you know sure. po- positivity wins i i i enjoy because i i do that a lot more than i direct so <laughs> right no that's cool um when you were when you were growing up did you 
did you tend to like a lot more action movies or horror movies or what was your thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, I always kind of like, I, I feel like I went through like the same phase kind of a lot of kids went through, but I mean, you know, walking up to the, to the video store and just renting like everything, a uh, ton of horror stuff when I was a kid. And, um, yeah, definitely like, you know, at eighties, early nineties was like the heyday of all that shit to me of like, you know, the action stuff and, I don't know, movies like, it's funny, like now I feel like you would never, you know, rent on VOD or something like that. It's like you you were almost kind of more open to just try it off of the box or whatever, or, you know, if a buddy told you, like, oh, check this movie out. And so I feel like I saw a lot more stuff than I would have seen if it was the same situation now where you're like scrolling through a bajillion, you know, online channels or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally miss video rental stores. I mean, I used to that was in and out of their weekly, you know, and the notion of just going in like, the horror section, picking out a movie, going home, watching it. Yeah. It just, it's, it's not existent. Even with the video on demand stuff, there's just too many, too many subscriptions. Um, we yeah. try to get as much as we can. And it's like, just like, kind of like, well, Paul will say, Hey, you know what? Uh, check this movie out. And I'm like, cool. Thank you for telling me because I wouldn't have found it otherwise, you know, just because, yeah, definitely. Just, you know, and it's sad that I think that we'll never get, there again or platform or a platform will come out that'll be like that again where sure you know it's just right there at your fingertips you know because even like for example even netflix is so spread out you only have 20 movies of this genre 20 movies of that genre so yeah man yeah, I, it's such bullshit, I, like the, the availability exactly. yeah exactly and so i'm right there with you understanding that whole that whole notion of like our mind libraries of movies came from the 80s and came from the you know the mom and pop video store it's just something that's missing and we'll see i guess in the future um when we're old old and our kids kids start making movies and see how much of that is impactful too oh sure yeah they say that we're spoiled for choice now right yeah it's it's really interesting i mean not not to be like you know kids these days but i really i was like working at this um Mm -hmm. like a like a music app i was doing like video stuff this past year okay and it was Mm -hmm. all younger it was a ton of younger kids that worked there or whatever. And like, you know, twenties or whatever. And they, they didn't know like anything. They were like, Oh, that was before my time, before my time, before my time. And I was just like, yo, you have the internet. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, how right. is it before your time? Exactly. Like, look, look, what, what about I mean, the interest for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the something that like, of that of what like, about the interest before your time? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, you know, I grew up like, like listening to punk stuff and all that sort of, thing and again i feel like i'm just like an old man r- rattling on here but <laughs> no, like, no, right. you know it was like <laughs> you used to have to it was so cool to search stuff out and it, it's same yeah. thing yeah with like movies and shit where it's like you know you rented a you rented a movie for the weekend it wasn't that good but you were gonna fucking finish it and you might watch it again because it's like the only thing you had sitting around you know and, and right, like right. it was so fun and like yeah now it just it feels like there's not even like that spark of like trying to discover some shit i don't know it's, right. it's just it's a weird like sure, no sure. that that's old that was before my time whatever and it's like yeah there's a lot of stuff before your time that's fucking rad as hell i don't know what to tell you <laughs> you know it's, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah, and then the yeah so then it, it's like there. yeah like you're saying of it of it being it will be interesting to see like like what interests like you know what what's people when they're like oh star wars or indiana jones or whatever like what's their stuff that like like kind of across the generation people are like yo this is this is a reference or this is an interest i don't know it, it'll be kind of cool to see yeah right 
Right. Because it's getting to like where there's five things, basically, <laughs> where people are like, yeah, right. I like this. Right. This, this. Well, I think the one thing that has sort of grown out of this is at least a place for a lot more things like horror movies and drama movies and uh, you know stuff like your movie in general too that it's it's kind of one of these genre benders where it doesn't fit into a lot of specific categories and it's a good a good time for something like this to come out and it has the ability to find its market because it's more widely available to everyone too you know yeah definitely well, and it is, I mean, you're right of it being like, I think it shows that it's just, I mean, I love, you know, grew up watching, I love horror films and crime films and fucking RoboCop sure. and all that shit, you know, kind of mixed together. So it's always like, I think that's a, yeah, that's a good point is that it's really, you know, you're kind of able to push what is considered genre or whatever, or specific genre tropes and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's also, I guess, such a glut that mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of cut through the noise to, you know, which is why, like, I mean, we really were specific and we really talked about it when we were designing the film of it and writing the film of it being like, you know, almost like treating it like, okay, this is going to be on the surface, at least like exploitation. Like we're literally going to, you know, put a guy with a swastika tattoo on the <laughs> poster and we're going to have a luchador <laughs> and all that sort of shit. And then it's like, right, right, hopefully right. there's more substance to it. And, you, and it's kind of more of a pleasant surprise when you like, watch it but Mm -hmm. trying to get stuff that can kind of like push a button you know even on the surface level is was definitely like a decision and by design which i i don't know we were just trying to combat that you're absolutely right of it being like there's you're spoiled for choice but it's also like hard to get out there in the middle of everything too it's a a weird fun time (laughs) yeah exactly well and that's a lot of what we try to do as um, as as fans of and, and I you know I guess your movie may or may not be a horror movie and we don't really get into uh, you know beating people over the head with the definitions of what shit is and we just like genre movies in general you know so yeah um, so well, something like, this, like we would totally cover fans, it. so yeah, yeah yeah definitely like genre fans are fans of all different types of stuff too I, I think that they're a lot right. more open minded than pe- yeah you know sort of the norms would be anyways yeah it just doesn't sound as good to call yourself a genre podcast so it doesn't sound yeah man don't don't do it (laughs) (laughs) right but uh you know it's it's nice to be able to find these type of things and to give them a home and so we try to sort of seek out stuff like this and then if we find something at least try to push the word a little bit and and tell more people about it Mm -hmm. and just do what we can because I think there is a lot of noise surrounding the the good stuff that is out there. And, you know, especially with with horror and and action and these type of things that are are coming out now, you're seeing sort of this resurgence in it with even big movies like It and Get Out and, you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, The Quiet Place. But then you also have a lot of shows and you have a lot of smaller movies that are kind of making it too. And people like we had mentioned Adam Green and Joe Lynch that are you know by no means uh you know steven spielberg level of money or anything but they're they're you know at least they're getting their name out there and they're getting known and kind of creating yeah, this definitely. next wave of people so it, there, there is definitely the space for it. there's this resurgence in the idea of these more original thought movies and I well think and that was always cool. kind of even from jump was like you know the pitch was like man if we could because we definitely made this like totally independently mm-hmm. you know which was cool but it was right. like um 
you know, this would be the type of movie that if I stumbled onto, I'd be like, oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is right. so you know, cool and like something right. to like, yeah, you want to tell your buddies about or whatever. Um, and it just be like a weird little, you know, this would have been, I feel like a weird like the 2 a.m. HBO movie or whatever, you know, like back yes. in the day. But be like, oh, man, have you seen this? I don't know. Sure, sure. Wild ass little movie. So, yeah, I, lo- I love that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, before you got to making this, how um, you had gone through film school and stuff, and how did you actually get to where you were directing your first picture? Did you kind of work as an assistant director for some people and and work your way up through that, or did you have to do other odd jobs or anything? No, yeah, I mean that that I feel like that's kind of just dead. Like I really wanted to get out to L.A. I mean, I live in L.A. now, right. and <laughs> I went to grad school um, where I met everybody who made the movie with me. So it was a really cool experience. Like, um, nice. Uh, we, you know, just kind of met and had like a lot of the same sort of sense of humor. All the writers. Um, and myself, we kind of started like a little comedy troupe right out of school where we were doing like web stuff, like sketches, sketch comedy stuff. And then we did like a web series, um, right. which was a lot of the same sort of like crew, uh, like production crew as well, worked on that. And that was a really good sort of, I don't know, it's almost it's basically about um, the length of a film but we shot it in like no time. So it was just, it was good. It was a good lesson in pain sort of thing. Cause it just kicked our ass and it was like, Oh shit, let's not do that again. So <laughs> it was really just with this, um, with low life, we were, uh, all the writers, we kind of all write stuff separately and then we'll work together on stuff. So we were all kind of pitching different scripts and, you know, kicking stuff around. And like I said, we were doing like the web series and stuff for a bit together. Um, and, finally just got to the point where we were like, yo, no one's going to help us make our first movie. Um, so we just, I mean, we collected, we basically pulled resources, pulled money with amongst the team and just went out and did it. We initially tried to send the script around and get money and stuff, but I mean, you can imagine actually cracking the the front page open on this fucking movie. And I, 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 I laugh, you know, just thinking about people's first (laughs) reactions of getting this, script across their desk and what sure. that would even entail <laughs> so we did not get any money from anybody they're like are you fucking smoking crack like please don't do this don't ever send us anything like this again <laughs> uh <laughs> and just went yeah. and you know like kind of pulled the money together and a lot less than we you know initially kind of planned for but we just made it work so i don't know i'm really proud of the fact sure. that like yeah, we all kind of came together and just a bunch of friends, truly like a bunch of friends made this movie and we came out of it still as friends and it's kind of right. like a win for the team. It's really dope, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think I had saw that you had some credits or, or some of the guys did of doing some funnier die stuff too. Yeah, we were doing like, that was kind of out of that like sketch comedy stuff. Like we were doing like little, you know, online sketches and shit and then, nice. um, yeah kind of got into that and and that stuff sort of led to the web series is called boomerang kids it's not incredibly embarrassing so people could check that out if they want to i think it's got some kind of fun stuff and johnny who plays uh uh randy swastika face he's in that um he's one of the main characters in that and he's actually a childhood buddy of one of the writers uh jay gibson so he we met him when he came out 
to LA from Texas and he's just hysterical. Like in, in life, he's just like one of the funniest people I ever met in my life. So, you know, we, we knew we wanted to kind of just write something for him and mm-hmm. it was sort of like that. We just sort of pieced it together like that with different, different friends and then cast some other folks. But the main sort of crew was like people we'd worked with on other shit. <clears throat> That's awesome. Have you not to sidetrack, but have you ever seen mm-hmm. the the things that Funnier Die make uh, the videos where they break down Saved by the Bell episodes called Zach Morris's Trash? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, those are so funny. I didn't know they make those. Zach Morris's Trash. I'm like those are good to those things. <laughs> yeah, and they put them up. We just Great. we me and my wife like I don't know spent half a night. They put all of them up on either Hulu or something like that, and we just like or Amazon or something. We just watched through oh like every one of them. They're mm-hmm. so good. I know. Cause he is just a, I mean, he's a fucking psychopath. It's yeah. ridiculous. He's such a degenerate piece of shit. And then <laughs> somehow it always gets redemption for doing nothing. And he has right. the powers to stop time. I mean, he's truly <laughs> Satan, I think, or some kind of mad God. Uh, that's great. Uh, just, I don't know why that popped into my head because I've been watching a bunch of those lately. <laughs> they are, they are funny as fuck, man. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, I met, I met the guy. He was really nice, but I met the guy and it came out wrong, but the guy who played Mr. Belding, I met him and I, what I meant to say was like, you know, I watched that show as a kid, like after school and before school and shit, they just played it all the fucking time. Yes. And I, and I was like, I should have been doing like anything else but watching that and i meant it in the oh. sense that like oh i like the show so much because i watched it but he looked at me like what the fuck dude i was like no no no, i'm not, I'm not trying to, i mean it's not a good show you know it's not a good show but come on get cut me some slackers i was like really early on he used to hang out at this like karaoke spot all the time in la and really early on when we moved here i saw him and i was like oh what the fuck dude i watched your show way too much and he's like fuck you i was like okay sorry <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's amazing i'll be leaving now i fully zach morris him, i guess i know right <laughs> he, he's had enough of zach morris's shit all those years he didn't yeah, want zach morris did you guys ever watch uh you remember uh parker lewis can't lose oh god yes that? <laughs> yeah. yes that's, that was like a really fucking awesome show that did not last that long but i, I love yeah, that show I, kid. exactly exactly no that was God damn, uh, that brought back memories right now, what you just said. <laughs> like Full on, uh, what's his name, who's an ER, Kubiak? I love yes. that. The fucking, yes. He always had like a big sack lunch. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> right. I, I can talk about trash TV all fucking day long. I no watch kidding. way too much shitty TV. Oh, that's all right. Yep. No, that's, yep. uh, that's part of what we, uh, we like to kind of just talk about some other nonsense, too, in addition to. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like. OK, well, do you remember the uh, Ferris Bueller TV show that was only on for like a second? And what's no. her name from uh, no. from friends? Jennifer Aniston. She was the sister in it. Oh, really? <laughs> but he was Wait, too much of a fucker in that <laughs> in the ah, like for ah. TV form. They were like, you can this is insufferable. You can't do this. But oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know they even attempted to make a fair. There's like a TV weird sub genre of like young fucking white pieces of shit. Rich kids getting away uh. with with murder on television. <laughs> I guess totally in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know the with 90s like really crazy hair. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just didn't show the date rape, but you know what was going on. Oh man, they, yeah. 
<laughs> fucking Zach Morris. Like, I mean, literally, I, there's he had to have used those powers at one point to do some real awful shit. Uh-huh. I'm sure. Uh, especially with time travel, man, you could really could do some damage with that. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we talk about a movie that doesn't have time travel, which... Uh, <laughs> Is your movie Low Life? Uh, so where did the idea? Come I don't know. From? We've got some narrative jumps there. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there is a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all like um, a, a non-linear timeline, right? Yeah, it was really it was based on Zach Morris's powers from <laughs> Saved by the Bell, as you can imagine. That was really early. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, let's see. Where did it come from? We. It was again just couple things it was like out of necessity of like okay fuck let's sort of like reverse engineer how to how we can make a movie you know on no money or whatever and it was like okay all the you know there's a ton of like horror anthology stuff and i i was just like okay if we did an like a crime anthology we all we all like crime film so we were like it's gonna be some kind of crime sort of adjacent thing but we were like if we can do an anthology that you know if we have to, we'll shoot nights and weekends. We'll just make short films and then kind of piece it together. So, and all the kind of, a lot of the characters and scenarios and stuff, like we all, you know, everybody kind of brought different ideas of how we would kind of like each story or whatever. And everyone's kind of pitching ideas. Uh, the writers, mm-hmm. there's five writers total, I should say. Right. Um, and from that, it was like, as we were kind of, it was it was a really cool process. I I kind of equate it to like a TV writers room. Like we were almost just kind of like breaking story, and then we like together, and then we all split up, wrote a separate section, came back together, and just like started going through the whole thing, you know, as like a writing team. So I don't know. It was a cool process, and it and again out of necessity of it being like, well, shit, let's you know, let's do something, but also. Um, we all kind of have, you know, similar tastes, but, and, but we all brought something different to the table, which was cool. Like everybody could kind of edit each other's stuff and, you know, sort of like strengthen it that way. So it was almost like, you know, we, we had already done the, the, what would normally be if you were doing like a studio thing, like we'd already done the committee sort of pass where everybody like tears it down and says like, what about this? What about this is fucked up or whatever. So it was kind of almost like Teflon by the time it was done. And then, uh, we started sending it out and got, you know, like actors that we wanted attached. Like we wrote the, you know, we initially kind of built the whole thing around Nikki, mm-hmm. who um, I had worked with. She was in my short film, Narco Corrido. Um, so I knew like, fuck, she's, I mean, just an incredible actor. So it was like, if we can get her in it, we can build something like a dope character for her to just fucking destroy. We can build mm-hmm. the rest of the movie around that or whatever. And it was kind of off to the races from there. But I don't know. It was cool. And then it was like, you know, one of the writers, uh, Shay Ogbana, he's in the movie. He plays Keith. Um, oh, okay. And then two two of the writers were producers. I was a writer. I was on set. So it was like, even again, when like, no budget sort of problems would come up. We'd like, we could fix it through the power of writing because right. we had no money to throw at it. So it was like, right. stuff was fucked up or if, you know, it was really like my whole thing kind of, I think really my main task through like shooting was just to like manage because we jumped from tone to tone so much, you know, or there's so much kind right. of tone juggling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it was kind of managing that. And then, you know, stuff would be like too goofy or too dark or whatever it was. We could kind of fix that on the fly um, script wise, like as we were, you know, kind of going through scenes or whatever. So it was a really, I don't know, it was like a very cool, very chill sort of process. Like I think on the surface, people are like, yo, how did five people work together? But it went pretty well. You know, nice, nice. No, that's good because um, I was going to ask you about the process behind have that many writers like um, and I'm sure that uh, you guys had I don't know if you had any kind of like discrepancies of a vision, like say that you came in with an idea and like I really wanted this scene or this character to pan out this way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and I've always find it fascinating that, um, of course, you know, like I said, I'm sure you have different stories, but I find it fascinating that sometimes you have to leave your ego at the door and try to open yourself up and, and write a story and then of course encompass everybody else's stories and yeah and it was like it's almost yeah. like we always kind of we always kept just saying like our motto when we were writing was like you know best idea wins so it really mm-hmm. and i feel like it's like that with i mean if you're going to make a movie like i think the ego especially at this level it's like you're all pitching in so everybody's yeah, yeah. you know invested in it that's great and yeah. Yeah, you can't really like the ego shit is like it's not really gonna help anything anyway. So yeah, it was it was a really cool. It definitely was like a like everybody is. I mean, and again, we're all buddies, but it like you mm-hmm. tried to approach it a little bit humbly of it being like, well, fuck, dude, you know, like let me hear what you guys say. You know, if you're if <laughs> right. you're if you're wanting to kind of hash out something or whatever, like it was totally open to be able to do that. But it was like you know there was never like any kind of knockdown drag out shit because it was like you know yeah this works or right. this doesn't work or where the idea comes from doesn't really matter as long as you know you're kind of like firing on all cylinders together you know right. I, I mean it's a yeah. it's a it really was for the writing process and then it's like you know as we're as we're shooting it's like i'm directing it so that kind of stuff goes but then like fucking so much stuff gets dictated by again I don't know, like the movie gods where it's like you, you lose a location or it fucking rains or whatever it is. Right. And then you got to figure stuff mm-hmm. out anyways. So right. it's all just trying to make all of that work for you rather than like, you know, fight against it or like, no, we have to have some huge explosion thing here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were cutting so much stuff as it would go or coming up with better ideas. Like, for example, like we, it was funny. We were just talking about this the other day. Like there's a scene pretty early on with a propane tank uh with el monstro like you know his first uh wake up after he gets he blacks out and the initial idea with that with that like he kills he kills a dude i'll go ahead and spoil it um the initial idea with that was like he we were gonna we were trying to figure out this is so stupid like in hindsight we were (laughs) like okay we'll just put the dude's clothes on backwards and he will have twisted his head and like it will like put some makeup around his neck like he like he fucking twisted his head you know, right, right. to kill him or whatever. And uh, one of my buddies who was like, like, so, but we had written in the script already that he went out to go get propane. That was like a, a whole thing. Right. And it's almost like Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's propane tank kind of thing, where it was like my, my buddy who was helping out with it, um, he, he ran to go get the propane tank or whatever. And he came back and he was like, oh, are you guys going to like crush this dude's head with the propane tank? And it's like, <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we, uh, we super are going to do that. You are correct. Yeah, why? <laughs> of course we are. We're fucking yeah. morons. For an, yeah. well, we'd be stupid to not do that. Why would we not be doing that? <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah, yeah, it's just being open to that kind of stuff and figure, especially, again, like, it was so 
it was so fun and it was so cool. And it was like the movie, you know, it was like how there was no other way it was going to get done other than like, you know, you make a plan and then, you know, when right. shit goes sideways, it's like make that the plan then anyways. So, mm-hmm. I don't right. know. It was, it was a cool process that we'll never have again. We'll never like have that much freedom, I'm sure. So, you know, right. it was really, right. we enjoyed it while we were doing it. Sure. No, that's awesome. Um, what, where was the, so the location was, it was all filmed basically in or around Los Angeles. Or? Yeah. Yeah. We were in LA. Um, is the, the basement part of the chicken shack actually a real thing or are those two separate locations? Those are two separate places. <laughs> <laughs> we could not find, uh, a torture chamber under a restaurant. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was like, that's gotta be two different places. Yeah, but it could, but, but <laughs> we were in the, the chicken shack is in like a warehouse district sort of thing so right. i always contend that it could there could be something we just could not find it and or get it for cheaper free so <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's like it's it, it, you just didn't look hard enough it's in la it's yeah man there. come on they're not you know but if someone's got that fucking shady ass shit they're not trying to tell anybody about it I'm well, sure. well you wouldn't be filming there first off no. so you might, you might as well just invent it yeah <laughs> so. yeah yep. yeah because you had that and then the the hotel obviously Mm-hmm. Um, was yeah just... we lost the hotel location like it was crazy because that was the first so we shot about 18 days total okay and the hotel location was like our first week that we were going to be shooting and the friday before we start shooting on monday um the guy that at the the original hotel spot tried to hit us up for more money mm-hmm. and like you know basically it was just holding us hostage um and we found uh, we actually had shot at that hotel in in the the uh, aforementioned Boomerang Kids web series, but we'd only shot like a room, and I didn't okay. really know kind of the whole layout of the place. But it ended up like it it worked so much better than the other spot, anyways. Like we were gonna have to build like the office, and that was the real office with that glass, and then the glass was hysterical, and you could use that for so much stuff. So I don't know, just like mm-hmm. it. Ended up working out, but it was like mm-hmm. kind of a mad dash to get it all together. But, you know, and even to the effect of like I had, you know, we storyboarded and done shot listing and stuff for the location that we were going to be shooting in. And then when that all fell through, we were kind of like, you know, flying by the seat of our pants. But then I feel like it made it kind of looser and, and better anyway. So yeah, it, it just, cool. you know, it ended up we lucked out on that one. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like the uh, the couple locations and just where the everything was shot like it felt so authentic yeah the way it was all kind yeah, of that strung together hotel was wild as fuck like they were i mean they're really nice but they were like it's it's definitely funky there was a we had to call the cops when we were shoot actually shooting the in the intro where he walks in and kicks in the door the ice agent right um because a guy was beating his girlfriend up and or <laughs> i don't know what she was there but you know so the, it was it was crazy. They were like arresting him and, and we were shooting that scene and I was like, Hey, will you just watch this a second? <laughs> we'll get a little free, uh, technical advice here. Is is he doing this right? And, and right. The, <laughs> the, the, the cop was like, yeah, the, the, the dudes that are inside would immediately take off running and leave the women there. But otherwise everything looks a, okay. I was like, Oh, oh shit. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Wow>. awesome. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, thank you, officer. <laughs> yeah, a little advice on the fly again, right? Yep, yep. 
so. take it where you can get it basically <laughs> no that's awesome uh so the the story kind of centers around these these main characters you know you don't have a huge cast and mm-hmm. some, some of the people are more prominent obviously are randy and uh <laughs> and crystal and el monstro that's kind of like their three stories i, I guess you could say right yep and uh are these people um inspired by anybody in particular or like when you guys were making this was it something where you guys had taken little pieces of your own experiences or whatever and put them into these characters or anything like that because the, yeah, the characters I mean, are so like unique and and all yeah. so it's it's like a weird combination of the people that yeah, all definitely. come together or are so opposite of each other yeah but, but all sort of in this kind of low life category of like they're all just <laughs> different types of low lifes you know right yeah we tried to we really tried to approach it like okay these are like marginalized they're like the people that you would kind of like you would see and immediately label. I mean, we literally label them obviously per their their uh, sections, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you would kind of just make up your mind about them immediately, and immediately, then sure, um, right. yeah, and then here and then we we sort of flip that. But um, uh, it was more of like we had kind of like snatches of like character ideas or scenarios or whatever, more so than like people they were super based on. I would say, but like like. I had written a thing that kind of involved a luchador, but it was like more, he, he was kind of like not the main character and, and two of the other writers who were like a writing team, they had done a thing that kind of had some of the other traits of like a guy who works, you know, like muscle for the, for the mob or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was sort of more like that. Like we sort of just pieced stuff together and kind of figured it out from there. Right. Um, but yeah, the luchador stuff, I mean, that, that shit is, so awesome the like the the movies like i i like that you know as a kid like those um they're like 60s 70s uh yes. they're almost kind of like black exploitation stuff like they're very like sort of you know they're just like wild ass i mean it's like a, it'll be a luchador who like they like their day job is that they're wrestlers and then by night they like fight crime <laughs> and or yeah. monsters like they're fucking sure. wild shit <laughs> like they're just right. so cool so that it was that kind of thing. It was like, well, can you can we do a movie where this guy is in a really hard edge crime film? Like that's hysterical, you know. And right, then, or right. yeah. can you? And then can he be around? You know, can you do like a like a like a love scene, relationship scene with a luchador? It was just like the funniest sort of idea, and it was scary while we were you know, shooting it and putting it together. I was like, fuck, I don't know if it, this will work or not, but I don't know. That was like the fun of it. Or, or like okay. then, you know, I, we, we originally made a, or we'd shot a sketch of the swastika face idea of it being like a guy picking up, you know, his buddy from prison, that whole sort of <laughs> intro. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was just stuff like that. It was like little pieces we kind of took from different shit that we had sort of smashed together. And then, yeah, the, the, the initial idea was always kind of like, okay, Teddy's the connective tissue between all these characters and right. you know, kind of go from there. Yeah. He's like the really bad smelling glue. Yeah. He's the, he's our crypt keeper, if yeah. you will. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. But then <laughs> actually does shit. I don't know. And he's not just making bad puns. He makes bad puns, but he's not just making bad puns. <laughs> yeah. <either>. You're right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think the, that actually kind of shows it, it sort of makes sense the way that you describe it as it's almost like you took two character types and then smashed them together to make these yeah, really yeah. bizarre non-archetypal characters 
Uh, yeah, it's almost kind of tropey. I mean, you know, it's like guy out of prison, that kind of, and it was all stuff that also we kind of wanted to like on the very back burner of it, like talk about it. it was like, you know, we we knew we wanted to do like we didn't start with like okay, let's address these issues, but it was like we want these characters to kind of speak to yeah, like sort of crime trope stuff, and then mm-hmm. and then real world sort of fucked up shit that you know that they can kind of like we can dive into per episode or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think uh, everybody is has definitely got their own like funny bits about them. Other than um, I feel like uh, Nikki's character, her her story isn't really have as much humor to it. For yeah, Crystal. the worst day in anyone's life I can <laughs> yeah. imagine that would ever <laughs> go yeah. down. But, you know, I think like her stuff was really cool because it was like, OK, you needed, you know, it was like running the, the spectrum. It was like she's on the far end of kind of like the normal sort of crime thing you've seen. And then, you know, on the other end, you've got El Monstro and, and Randy's kind of in the middle, I think. And mm-hmm. and I and I think. What was so exciting to us was like, can you have all these different, I mean, not even just different characters, but like almost like different movies smashed together and like, will they work, you know, in that world, which uh, I guess it depends on how you like the movie, if they worked or not, (laughs) if we succeeded or not. Well, the, it worked definitely because you do that kind of time jumping and you're going like, OK, this point of view and then Monstro's right. point of view and Randy's point of view. And then again, the catalyst is Teddy Bear. And because of that, like as I was watching, you know, I'm watching the first half, the first section of it. And, uh, you know, I'm like, OK, where's this going? Right. Like, I love yeah. these characters. Teddy Bear to me, that guy was so good, was so good. And yeah, I fell in awesome. love with this character. His dialogue, um, his delivery. Yeah, Burnham. Oh my Burnham's God. incredible, man. Yeah, it was just like. Have you guys okay, ever seen the... uh, Wrong Cops? No. no. I, I was poking around his IMDb and I added that to my watch list, actually. Oh, the other cool. night, yeah, so. you should check it out. <laughs> I it's hysterical. I, I, I was like the one on the team that had seen it before and he walked in and I was like, fucking Wrong Cops. I love that movie. It's such a weird ass. Like, <laughs> and he's so good at it. There's like a. I mean, he's basically just like a piece of shit cop, and they're just, they're almost kind of like little segments of just like a, the day in the life of all these like asshole cops or whatever. Okay. Right? It's like the, the beginning where, in the beginning of it, he's selling drugs to this kid, and it's, it's that Quentin Duplu dude. So it's like super, you know, absurdist, you know, kind of over the top stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's, he cuts open a rat, a dead rat. He stuffs the drugs in there and he tapes the rat back together. And he fucking, like, the kid's like, what am I supposed to do with it? He's like, just, and, and Burnham is like the best, like, berater ever. He yes. just will just yeah. fucking yeah. tear your ass apart. <laughs> right. So he's like, his tone is so good. Yeah. And he was just like, in the movie, he's just like, I'll do a, my bad at Burnham, but he's just like, you cut it open. You fucking smoked the weed. Like, what are you talking? Like, are you an idiot? What, it was just so good. And it was like, I think there were little shorts that they put online initially, and then they made it into a feature. But like, fuck, dude. Like, check check that shit out. It's hysterical. Like, if you yeah, like we'll Tim, he, he kills that. Uh, Marilyn Manson's in it, and he's, it's like one of the funniest fucking weirdest, like, like, Manson's playing like a teen who's like listening to music and Burnham goes up to like a chain link fence. He's just pissing against the fence. You just see like the camera's like behind his ass. So you don't see anything, but you just see Manson's like expression as he's watching him pee. And he's like, what are you fucking watching me piss for? (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, 
I'm, yeah. I'm glad I added that to my watch list. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll you'll dig it. It's nice. I mean it's it's weird, but it's fucking awesome. That's all right. There's always room for a weird comedy. That's right. I mean, it's very like I, I think either I think Tim Tim's in it. It's like a Tim and Eric sort of vibe to some of it too. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the other things I, I love with with Randy having the swastika on his face. Yeah. He gets out of jail and he has this, but of, <laughs> of course he's he's you know the the over the top wigger type and is basically you know raised around black people and stuff, so it makes no sense. And I, I love that it's never completely addressed, but that it's it's addressed multiple times. Like you get little pieces of the story. Yeah. But I just I, I had wondered, and you don't have to share with us, but is there an actual story of how Randy got the tattoo on his face? Yeah, and that was that was one of the things that we sort of we wrote a huge long. I mean, it was like three four pages of like a huge long backstory, and. and it was like one of those things that we just, it was so, it went, it was just too far, like too right. dark, whatever. Like, and I, and I, we cut it on set actually, we didn't shoot it. And it was just like, yo, this is not fucking like working. And, you know, as we were feeling stuff out, it's like, oh man, you like, I, I knew that there was like the chemistry was working and you, you're going to like Randy. And it was like, you don't want to go that far on that, on the other side and kind of break that character. Right. And, um, I don't know to me it's like always it's those type of things where you're like it's so fun when i'm watching something to like be piecing it together myself anyways and kind of yeah you can kind of like like you said it's like there's a little bit there and like and you know everybody knows uh fucking prison stories so you like you you can kind of figure it out without having to say it which yeah, is like yeah. to me so much more valuable than it being like we're just going to tell you the whole thing and spoon feed you and then this is the end of it but yeah, yeah we we came up with a thing that's probably the gnarliest shit that you could even like gnarlier than you could imagine what how how he got that tattoo basically uh, uh, yeah i mean in the movie the the key dialogue is like you know when randy says he goes you think this was a choice and right there yeah, yeah in my I, in my head yeah a thousand stories just kind of like went through my head and and that's when I fell in love with the character. Like oh, that, awesome. and that was that yeah. was the moment where he explained it, and we just yes. cut it to that point where it was just oh, like okay. this is. And I love that. That like yeah, that that line's all you need. Like you just yeah, you, you paint enough of a picture with that shit that you're just like oh that's yeah, even, you get it's almost worse yeah, than you can you know exactly. what you can imagine is going to be worse than what we could say. <laughs> yeah, because Keith even told him goes what happened to you in there you know and, <laughs> yeah and uh, and then of course he, yeah, like I said you just pay attention to the dialogue a little bit and because he even says he goes. When you're passed around by the Latin Kings, you kind of pick up a few things. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so right there, I felt so bad for Andy. Uh, uh, sweet, sweet swastika face. I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the best dialogue was when I forget who it was that was like, I don't care about you, you fucking Nazi. And he's like, ma'am, I don't appreciate that. You don't know my struggle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my girlfriend oh my and I just like, like yeah. cracked up yeah. out loud at that. You don't know my struggle, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah was that... too funny. <laughs> yeah and he's uh john oswald johnny who plays him he's like it's ridiculous he's like a fucking savant he's like he's good at he just decides he's like ah i'm gonna fucking do this now and he's like incredible at it it's ridiculous like he well, was Spanish like a, fluent man <laughs> yeah dude and that was just he picked that shit up like he worked at the the spot he was working at he was like working while we were shooting and the spot he worked at he had like one other um 
one other dude there that he would just be running his Spanish lines with him like all wow. fucking day. You know, it was crazy. And like, he's from Texas. So he said he kind of, you know, he knows it a little bit, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's beyond that. It's like, if he just decides to do something, it's, it's kind of spooky how good he'll be at right. it. Like he was like, a he's like a metal drummer for like a, like a band for a while. And, oh, nice. you know, he, and he just started like, he's like, Oh, I'm going to fucking do some art now. And just was like <laughs> incredible at art. It's just like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. He's going to, right, right, he's right. going to, yeah, he's just gonna be next. He's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna fucking write a script. It's gonna be like a fucking right. masterpiece and just totally yeah. <laughs> like shit on us. So <laughs> that one's coming, right? <clears throat> right. Uh, yeah, we all know those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a guy in in high school. Shout out, Smarty Van Marty, this motherfucker. He was just the <laughs> nicest dude ever, and just like he used to come in the comic book store all the time. He's like. He was like a year younger than me too, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm fucking going to Harvard now, and I'm like a genius, and I fucking do." But he's just also the nicest guy that you've ever met in your life. You just be like, "Man, fuck you." He's like, "No, that's cool. It's fine." It's cool. He's like, "Hey, hey, what's up, man? What's going on?" Yeah, I'm, wherever I'm you are, Smarty Ben Marty, you son of a bitch. I fucking. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening to this right now. I hope so. Oh yeah. If we find out his uh, his Instagram or his Twitter, we'll tag him. When we post about it. Yeah. I think he like at, like at a Smarty fucker. I think he was Smarty Ben Marty for a while. Like he had That's like funny. that was his handle. I don't <laughs> right. know if it still is. That's great. How she like owns a football team or something. Like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Elon Musk or some shit. I'm in space better. right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Damn it. Yeah, I built the West Wing on the space station. That's what we Yeah. Well, you fucker. I hate you. But we need you. Yeah, like Earth needs you. But still, fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Really. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I know. Imagine how bad people that went to school with Elon Musk feel. Oh, like, I fucking right. hate that guy. And you know they like – I mean, Musk is such an easy name to roast on. You know they just like tore his ass off in school. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he probably had them all killed secretly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> anyways, back on uh, yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask the, the El Monstro story. Is that actually a real legend or is that something you guys kind yeah, of made up? Nope. Made that up entirely, 100%. Oh, nice. We kind of based it on like the old school dudes, you know, like um, Blue Demon. Sure, sure. He's got like a legacy of character or legacy sort of thing going with, I think, Son of – and then, I mean, I think El Santo does too because they have Son of El Santo and shit. So yeah. it's kind of like a luchador thing. But, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was like that was – a lot of fun to kind of make up our own, you know, sort of the like our own character. And I, I designed the mask uh, mm-hmm. myself. No big deal. Um, nice. So that was fun. And then I, our folks that did the math, made the mask actually made it a million times better. But um, <laughs> I don't know. That, that was like, that was so cool to kind of like come up with that. And then, yeah, all the, the uh, like his shrine stuff was really fun. <laughs> so yeah, right, like, I mean, right. Our our production designer Callie, she's incredible. They, she made like action fi- like hand painted action figures and stuff. So I don't know, it was cool. Yeah, no, it was cool because it it definitely leaned into that story a lot. And I like how they kind of gave him this noble cause. You know, like right. he was he was the the tormented one for sure because he's mixed up on both sides of trying to be good and bad. And so I, yeah, I, he's such a. It's interesting to me because every everybody loves him. 
Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. everyone's like, man, they feel, you know, same sort of thing as like, that was definitely like part of it was like, okay, can we make you love a swastika face? Can we make you love this guy? I mean, he's literally, when you meet him, he's involved in sex trafficking. Right. So right. right. Yeah. You're like, well, but nobody, I don't know. Everyone likes him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a testament. I think to, I mean, Ricardo who played him like to be able to like do all that, under a mask the whole time it's fucking mm-hmm. incredible like he i mean it really is like a dope performance you know and mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know it was just like uh it's interesting and it's also it's interesting like meet people who like everybody has their own kind of favorite and i feel like it's almost like a character like a personality test to see like which character is whose favorite or whatever it is you know right sure, right sure. Um, so, uh, there's a couple that Teddy's their favorite and I'm like you are a fucker you're a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> well damn I, I said that like five minutes uh oh so <laughs> yeah just you're like elbow deep in, in, someone, in a cadaver right the second while you're talking yeah. Like, yeah. I don't see what the problem is <laughs> he's like guys... a stand up guy I know you guys want to get something to eat later? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to help people out with their needs. Yeah, I would love to see Teddy Bears, like, just him. Because he, he's definitely a guy that, like, goes to a restaurant by himself and shit. Like, he has yeah. no friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because with a bunch of these characters, it's like you want to know more. Like we said about Randy's prison right. story. And, you know, there's there's all these backstories that... Are, are implied and talked about and lo- you get little pieces of and it's like I feel like I want a backstory for every character but um, as we were talking about before the show you don't have the money to make a whole bunch of prequels so <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, go back and make uh, movies about each individual character now well give it so. give it what 20 years 30 whatever that was oh, yeah, and true. I'll uh, you could build the low well, life universe uh, yeah, I'll go back through and do like re-edit a bunch of shit, add a bunch of nonsense into the original, and then uh, and just keep it moving from there. Oh, perfect! Add well, a chosen one theory, and okay, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Some magic blood, It'd be fine. Right. <laughs> um, so after this, now what? Uh, since you won't be doing the prequels just yet, um, <laughs> what uh, kind of stuff do you have coming up that you? at least might like to be working on if you don't have anything specifically that you're doing yet. Yeah, we're doing so like a bunch of the writers, four of the five, myself mm-hmm. included, we we wrote another script um that we're kind of close to to um getting going, which is cool. Um and it's it's more like in the like I would say horror space okay. like entirely, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of horror crime stuff. I mean, it still sort of has like cops and robbers and that type of shit in it, but, sure. um, so that one's kind of close to going. And then, uh, I'm, I've been writing like a feature version of, um, my short film Narco Corrido, which is, it's like a really cool, I don't know if you guys know about that, but it's like a cool, um, sort of like genre. It's like these Mexican folk ballads that, they're kind of bigger here in the States and they're in Mexico, but they kind of, they're, they like talk about all the cartel stuff. They get hired oh, by yeah. like cartel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, I get, know exactly what you're talking It's like an uplifting song, but the, the lyrics, if you know what they're talking about, it's all the yeah, they're wild shit. as fuck. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I mean, it's like, yeah, very bouncy, fun kind of traditional <laughs> music, but then with yeah. just the most heinous shit you ever heard <laughs> yeah. in your life. And, yeah, exactly. Like talking about so, cutting up people and putting drugs in them. And oh yeah. It's, yeah. 
they're wild. So yeah, that's yeah. kind <laughs> of like um like the the short was more just about like it was an actual song. It was like, you know, you just kind of watch a traffic stop happen or whatever and, and right. the movies a lot it just follows uh, like a singer and it's a lot more about kind of that world and I kind of I've always pictured it as like a boogie nights sort of approach <laughs> to like Sicario or something. You know, okay. where it's just like there you go. Yeah, I really like like I mean the music is really cool and it's a very weird sort of you know sort of little pocket of of all that and it's a i think it's a cool way to kind of talk about the drug war stuff and border stuff and everything without mm-hmm. like making another cartel movie you know so right yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm right. excited about exactly. that i mean I, i've been sort of like working on that script for a while but that's that's like my thing i've been doing and then with the boys we've all been doing this other one's called night patrol um but yeah i don't know that's like close to close to going so oh, it looks huh. like that would probably go sooner here nice yeah, yeah that's that's right up my alley i like more of the grounded horror crime drama thriller type of stuff so yep i will definitely be looking forward to that um before we uh wrap up is there any last things that you want to say about the movie marco or any other questions you wanted to ask um i don't know about questions because again the movie's so <laughs> it's so in my head but sure. I think out of all the movies that we were that we've done this, you know, we've we've been doing the podcast for a little bit here and stuff. And um, I don't think I've ever gotten a like try to get emotional. And this movie I did at the at the end, of course, with uh, with the uh, with Nikki and um, or the mother and daughter. You know, when she said, mm-hmm. uh, um, "I need help," or we, you know, like when she discovered that her uh, spoiler alert, right? But uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this movie is emotional, not just funny and not just interesting characters. It's very emotional. So, you know, and I appreciate that a lot because I was just kind of like, you know, we we do these other uh, reviews and stuff. And sometimes we walk away and go, oh, God, you know, that was fun. And it was it's great to have a fun movie. But when a movie like this also makes you think at the same time, um, it becomes special. And that's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. And one other actually, I do have a question. It's, It's like, okay. My concept as a viewer was watching this in the, in the title's low life, right? And yeah. these we're following, of course, like this probably you know one half day of the life of what's going on. Now, is the concept maybe like okay, we zoom out after this movie's done, we zoom out, and we go to another bar, uh, part of the world that's happening, and then the low life story of what something else is taking place because that's it's kind of how I en- envisioned it when I. When I watched this, I was like, wow, because there is some resolution to it. And, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, there's certain characters that can go on and certain characters can't. But it's kind of cool how you put, like, the interesting ones, like, you know, Swastika Face, El Monstro, and Teddy Bear, and all these people to go, like, okay, what other characters are out there in the world, right? And that can carry this low-life tag. And that's kind of how I see it as a viewer. That's cool. Yeah, we we definitely, like, I mean, even initially when it was like okay it's gonna be more of like a tonal sort of like like the the when the stories weren't gonna interconnect it was gonna be like yeah the mm-hmm. vibe of the whole thing or whatever but yeah 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 i definitely think like you know it was it was a lot of of the stuff that we like 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 i said we came from kind of doing sketch comedy stuff so there's definitely gonna be sort of like and it's always uh kind of darker tinge stuff our humor mm-hmm. tends to be you know more black humor so it was, it was always going to be that mixed with yeah the crime stuff and then it was like mm-hmm. if you could if you could ground all these characters and and make you care about yeah people that i think 
everybody, you know, like, I mean, they, they when they all start they're they start in like just these horrible places and they're right. fucking terrible, you know, it's like, yeah, on the surface yeah, yeah. or not, you know, they're doing like, just horrible shit. And then it's like, yeah, can you kind of like pull the audience to kind of walk a mile in their shoes a little bit? So I think if it, if anything, if it, there was yeah a continuation, that would be kind of the approach to it is just to, like, mm-hmm. how can you kind of just keep opening these little sort of horrible corners of like right. of America and like shit that's really happening, but then you know, kind of spin it and still make it. Yeah. Fun. And right. Um, right. Not, not like your lectures or whatever. Stuff, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. and, and, and that there's some kind of light to the whole thing. Like that was always Correct. a big part of it too, is like, we're not, we don't want to just wallow in it. I mean, it opens and probably like the worst shit that's, you know, sure. I'm, I'm sure shit like that actually, is fucking happening you know but then it's also of course you don't want to just make that be the whole right the vibe of it but yeah i don't know we always we kind of joke like shay who played keith Mm -hmm. um he he's he's convinced that that keith just sits up after they're driving to mexico or whatever and just is fine and just had passed out or whatever so he i think he just wanted to write so he might write more of his character i hear you yeah That'd and, be you know, interesting. I was, I was, yeah, because right, he's right, like, right. they're all idiots. What do they fucking know? Like, yeah, if right. they, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> if he's actually <laughs> did it or not. I know. And uh, I always thought it'd be dope to have um, uh, Nikki, uh, Crystal, and and Kaylee santana's character like uh the mother and daughter like mm-hmm. going and like just like on some terminator 2 type shit they're like badasses who are like like <laughs> fucking freeing sex trap like breaking up sex trafficking rings or something yeah, yeah, yeah fucking yeah. fire <laughs> that would be cool oh, and then man. so yeah i don't know we, we've joked about like oh this is the you could continue all this shit or jump back sure, and forth sure. you know but i don't know uh i doubt i doubt any that's gonna happen but definitely open for it if if it does yeah. Well, it just happened just by talking about it too. You know, there we go. Uh, we just made it. it, it that's I, what, I mean, right? that's what it, I fixed Star yeah. Wars for you guys, and now <laughs> <laughs> absolutely We're solving the cinematic over, universe. A list yeah. of movies for you to fix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before uh, before I uh, have my last thing. Uh, a friend of the podcast and former guest, our friend Boz, had left a comment for you that when we told him that we were going to be talking to you. And oh, cool. He said that he wanted me to tell you that it was his movie of the festival at Fright Fest, and he's jonesing for it for the UK release to see it again. Awesome. I guess it's not available in the UK yet. No, I think it's coming out soon, May 23rd or something, okay. I think. And oh, cool. he also says that El Monstro is a superb character and that the legacy is all. Yeah, nice. there we go. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> El Legado was total. <laughs> right. My favorite. My favorite uh... <laughs> That's my Monstro. <laughs> yeah, he, That's right, right. He, uh, he lives in the UK and he goes to the, I think he went to both Fright Fest this year, but usually he goes to the one in London, I think it is. Yeah, Fright Fest is fuck was fucking awesome. That yeah. shit is crazy, and they all yeah like I think every year they all get, um, like everybody gets sort of their seats again, and they're all just like they they've like made a dope community of like you know mm-hmm. going there year after year kind of thing, and right. it was like on the you know it was it was probably the biggest screen I've ever played anything on it was like on an IMAX in the middle. I mean, it was like the biggest. It's like where fucking Star Wars like uh premieres over there and shit it was crazy sure, so sure. Wow. 
it was really dope to kind of, I was kind of when we, I didn't know it was going to be, um, I didn't know it was going to be on that IMAX Mm -hmm. until we were kind of heading over there. And I was like, shit, I hope the fucking actual DCP print (laughs) like actually holds up like being projected that big it was crazy oh, oh right right yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah it was super dope and they're really cool about i mean they they find really dope stuff to kind of play there um yeah and yeah i i'm sure i met him i met like everyone there that was so fucking awesome and they all came cool. out to to stuff afterwards but yeah nice. thank you buddy thank you for the kind words yeah he's a good guy he's a, a good friend of the show too I think he was just saying that he did a commentary for uh, some other movie that he had seen at Fright Fest too. So he was kind of mm-hmm. getting into some of that. So, oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, just my last thing before we wrap up here. Um, I wanted to just kind of ask about you had mentioned about sort of reverse constructing the idea of this with all these people held together and how hard was it for you to kind of create all these like backwards connections for everybody where you know you see the cut point of crystal comes up on el monstro with a gun and you think like oh shit she's you know feeling this way but then you see through the the thing that happened backwards Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it was actually a different feeling so was that like super complicated for you guys to keep it all straight or to find the right cut points? Because from like from my perspective, I was like, man, this is brilliant the way that you you know strung all these things together. Whether it was the comedy, the humor, the change of emotions and tones. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was always like uh, I mean, we kind of had some idea. Like it, it shifted a little bit from when we shot it to like um, to when we were editing. Like in certain instances, like. Um, like the, the, because it would just be a funnier kind of cut point or whatever it was like in the, like towards the end where it's that last cut, when it goes into the criminal section, like the last sort of bit or whatever, right. um, we had it before written where we didn't cut until after Teddy had shot up the place and then he's driving away so mm-hmm. that it felt like, okay, cool. Now we're, now we've gone through the whole thing, but then that, that didn't feel like that was really part of like, that wasn't just Randy's section, Randy and Keith's section anymore. It felt like all of them were together. So it was a good right. cut point. And then it was like, I think one of the writers, Maxwell, I think he kind of threw out in the rough cut. He was like, Oh, you should just cut to when, uh, Teddy's driving up. Cause that was just a hysterical sort of image to jump into from, sure, from yeah. when they've like, they busted in the room and, it, it felt better because it it, it kind of like we didn't go too far per each person's you know you, you you advance the story per each person at the end of their section but it mm-hmm. wasn't like you know we go a million miles past what we had just sort of seen so that it felt organic that we were building it but yeah I don't know that was kind of the fun of like it was like where can we leave it off where it's the biggest sort of like wait what the fuck you know and then and yeah, then yeah and really just. We had we had and 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 play with that perspective, kind of like you guys were talking about before. But like we had done um, one of our shorts in school um, that two of the writers wrote that I did, um, <clears throat> that directed. Uh, it was a cool sort of exercise in the sort of the same thing. It was like the first. It was it was a two part short film. Mm-hmm. First short was from like uh, from one guy's perspective, and the you know the protagonist of that one. And the antagonist, the bad guy of that one, 
in the second one, we follow the antagonist and you kind of see his, and he's the protagonist of his own story, you know, and you kind of see like the whole thing through his eyes and it, and it paints it in a really cool different way of just like, well, shit, like it, that that's like set in Katrina or post Katrina, New Orleans, like in this housing project, like right after the the hurricane. And Mm -hmm. the first part's like a cop who's like trapped there. And you know, it's a, there's a fucking drug kingpin that runs the place or whatever. And he's fucking scared and he's got his wife there with him or whatever. And then in the second part, you just see him like he's just kind of in the background, like busting through fucking shooting people and shit. And you're just like, what the f- what in the fuck is that guy uh, doing? Right, you right. know, it was a really kind of dope um, experiment in that. So that we kind of brought that and that was really uh, an early sort of idea to bring to the film was like it, it, it would be so fun to kind of like you think, you know, the story of this person, obviously, you know, and then you know, as we, as we kind of see it from their point. So that was a, you know, it changes. So that was, that was a, a thing early on that we had to kind of, yeah, like sort of figure out of like what can be the reveals in each side that it sure. also wasn't a, a cheat that it was like, you know, if you're watching close enough in the first version, you can kind of see the same thing kind of going down or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also sets up like as a viewer, like anxiety too, because uh, even following Keith and Randy's story, when you first see them, you think they're like, you know, they're thugs, right? So they're they're going there, and then when they bring uh, Crystal, right, or something, not uh-huh. sorry, um, Kaylee. I'm trying to do Kaylee. the character name. Um, yeah, when they bring her to the room, you're like, okay, what are these guys gonna do to her, you know? And then yeah, it's that anxiety <laughs> as a viewer. I'm like, oh shit, these guys are because because you guys, you know, you set it up in the beginning of the film, like I'm gonna see some shit here, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> And so when we get to their story, it was like, all right, all right. And I felt a little better at it, too. Yes, we love horror. We love violence and stuff. But it's, it, but there are also times where, like, ah, oh, okay, it's it's kind of good that these guys actually did or doing what they're doing. Or, yeah. Or maybe, <laughs> well, you know, change my mind about them because, yeah. And it's fun because it's just even, like, I mean, just as a viewer, I think, like, it's fun to, like, like I've seen it a bunch obviously like I went on tour with it and I, and I always made it a, a point to kind of like sit there and watch it with every audience, you know, cause mm-hmm. a, it was fucking dope to be showing my movie around and people were into it. Yeah. But it was also sure. a really cool lesson. And like, you know, you could kind of tell like, no matter where you were at, like what hit, what didn't hit that kind of thing. Right, mm-hmm. right. Or some stuff would yeah. work different places or whatever, but it was always really cool to kind of, like figure out like when you could kind of hear the audience putting it together of like oh shit okay we're we're back at this point now all that sort of thing and yeah it's still interesting to me that like there's stuff where yeah when we're in the third section when we're in keith and randy section you know what's gonna happen like 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 you know that i don't know whatever like crystal doesn't get shot because <laughs> keith's pulling a gun but right. it's still fucking tense because you're like well shit yes. what's happening here or what because you're in the middle of it i don't know yeah it's a cool yeah, it it's is. almost like some some eisenstein fucking like editing <laughs> trick or something i don't know it's, it's, it's funny yes no it's it's very clever the way that it, it all very, pieces together yeah. well thanks guys yeah and one of my favorite parts about uh that you that you had the cuts in some of the scenes would repeat themselves was that we got to see El Monstro more than once uh, finish his phone call by saying, and this is El Monstro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he did it multiple times and I'm like, it was making me crack up every time because I'm like, of course it's fucking El Monstro. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Who else would it be? 
Oh yeah, my just, god, yeah, that's great. Like your details were very specific. I think that Teddy's yeah. gonna know who the fuck it was that called him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, you gotta be you gotta be better safe than sorry oh <laughs> in that god. instance. Yeah. <laughs> but they cut back yeah, to I, the payphone one a couple times when he said it and I laughed every time. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just I'm trying to think. I just rewatched a movie recently and they kind of I was like, fuck, is that where that came from? Like I there they kind of did like the same joke where he was oh, like, okay. like leaving a message. He was like, this is blah, blah, blah. Fuck. I'm trying to think what it was. Oh, you know, it was in a, an election. He's like, when he's calling, uh, when Matthew Broderick's like calling the woman that he cheated on his wife with. And he's just like, why did you do that? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, this is blah, blah, blah. At the end of it, I was like, <laughs> we, we fucking totally ganked that from that. Without knowing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I've revealed, I've revealed my secrets now. They, I'm go. just a fucking thief. I'm a low life like everybody. Steal, <laughs> sure, steal a low life. There you go. It takes one to know one. That, that's one of my favorite yeah. parts of this whole, whole thing has been whenever it gets listed, it, it always just says Ryan Prowse dash low life. And I'm like, okay, cool. I need to like, my next movie needs to be like, Big dick or something. I don't know. Like yeah. fucking awesome dude. So the next one's like Ryan Cross. Yeah. Awesome dude. Awesome dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll look forward to uh, the release of Awesome Dude or Big Dick. Awesome dude one comes out first. That's gonna be just a wild ass movie. Like Awesome Dude has to be like just <laughs> just the gnarliest, craziest shit possible. Yeah. I'm I'm all in on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh cool no i think you know marco kind of hit it too with the saying about the emotion in the movie and it it is this great kind of mixture of you know we have little bits of horror we have crime we have comedy we have you know real emotional drama and and some growth and and characters like it's some just kind it's of something this, for everybody yeah, for the this, whole family this whole thing put together yeah i i would say it's a good family comedy yeah um, I mean, in, yeah. my, in my house, it would be at least. So. <laughs> but it's great to see. Yeah, I, that, I always that uh, it's been embraced and and you know people have really taken a liking to it and, <laughs> and gotten it. You know. Yeah, it's dope. I mean, I really it was. We always kind of talked about like, yeah, it was like. We, I mean, you hear that this a lot, but like we truly were like, yo, we're making this for ourselves because we would love. I would love to stumble across this movie and be like, what in the fuck, you know? Right. And it, but it was like, it's so satisfying gratifying whatever that it's like mm -hmm. you know we didn't really compromise like we made the movie that we wanted to make we never we're never gonna fucking get that again and yeah that i'm really surprised that like like i mean even just something like the swastika or like nobody i mean really ever talks about the fact that like yeah there's a luchador in the whole movie and he's like just treated as normal and he walks mm -hmm. around like normal and nobody fucking talks about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just a, <laughs> it's funny to me. There's just like, we did all these like wild ass things that like people just totally say, yeah, okay, cool. There's a luchador and there's a, there's a <laughs> swastika face and whatever it is. Yeah. So that's been really dope to see. Yeah. I don't know. People like definitely get it. Like you said, and mm -hmm. accept it and have fun with it. And I don't know. It's been pretty, pretty extraordinary ride for first movie, you know, we kind of yeah. tried to come out swinging, but it, 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 uh, my, Shay, my buddy, the, the writer, he, he put it very well when he was like, we made this really weird fucked up plan, uh, to make this type of movie and it somehow worked. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, right. I guess it did. <laughs> right. Uh, so I know that it's available on the video on demand, Amazon and uh, iTunes huh? and stuff. Um, is there, 
I, I didn't actually look, but is there a physical copy out or going to be out of this or anything? There is going to be out. Let's see. I'm trying to think when it is. It's, I think, in like June or something. Shout Factory, they just announced it today, too. So oh, nice. But Shout Factory's releasing it. Um, we're trying to do a bunch of, I mean, we're having to do it on our own, but we're trying to do a bunch of stuff for it now because I love, yeah, like physical media stuff, Blu-rays and shit. So we're trying to, like stack it with a bunch of extras yeah and shoot some stuff and everything so oh, that's cool. um hopefully if all goes according to plan there will be a lot of stuff on there if not then forget you've heard any <laughs> <laughs> right yeah um, but i think it's i think it's supposed to be like yeah like end of june or something like that maybe early july and then also um the score krang mr krang mr mm-hmm. pepin he's incredible did incredible work he his the album's out now digitally, but they're going to release a vinyl version of that as well in the oh, summer. Nice. Very cool. August 7th is when the Blu-ray DVD comes out, courtesy of Scream Factory and IFC Midnight. Hashtag cool. right. TM, uh, copyright, etc. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I think the physical media still has a presence in the genre and exploitation movies for sure. Is where you get um, I love that the shit. collectors, and especially yeah, yeah, I think gotta... it's, it's cool. The guys are doing this whole kind of special edition type of thing. Uh, people like that even better than just buying the basic, you know, ten dollar movie. The ba- that's basic the bitch. Yeah, yeah the basic right, bitch right. edition. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually there. They've. Yeah. I don't know. I can get into that whole thing, but uh, <laughs> not not to not to dog on it, but the. Uh, They've released uh, what I'll, I thought was going to be the basic bitch uh, cover edition. Uh, the the cover of it is hysterical if you check it out. Um, that's for Walmart apparently. So it's got the poster is reversible where you can put the actual poster cover on the on the front. And if you don't want to look at the thing that they have put on it, oh, FYI. Nice. was that because they didn't want the swastika face on the cover yeah i don't know like i I think it's just like (laughs) uh if you if i mean it's hysterical that this movie is going to be sold in walmart so i'll take that that's really funny to me but um that's awesome i think walmart is like uh this isn't a bad enough photoshop job you need to go back and do a shittier photoshop version (laughs) of this cover (laughs) i'm kidding i don't know um they (laughs) don't like art I they, love they, they are anti they're anti art so yes um, of course they are yeah. um, but the digital the guy uh, was it Lakeshore released the the digital version of the they used the poster um, the theatrical poster and they just took swastika face off there which is fine so I was like yo just remove swastika face from this but they didn't want anything that looked painted apparently it's it's been a whole interesting oh, I hate that. another learning lesson of like what what kind of the market bears with all that stuff so i don't know yeah. it's cool i mean fucking kudos to those guys for shout Thank factory God. for releasing it and <laughs> yeah yeah i'd love um, I, I honestly cannot art. believe so. yeah no, i know i i love that shit too but i guess it doesn't sell they know what they're doing so fuck it i mean i, yeah, I can't maybe. believe this movie is playing and or gonna be sold in walmart and best buy which is just there you go yeah right. funniest thing i've ever heard in my life so i'll yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, they yeah. need to do <laughs> yeah yeah no that's great um all right is there anywhere that you want people to keep up with you or uh the the movie or anything like that or movies you have coming up yeah all our 
yeah, all our socials are just, it's low life, the movie for all socials. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm just Ryan Prouse for all my socials. So, nice. uh, like share, retweet, etc. Um, and <laughs> yeah, no, this has been awesome. Thank you guys for having me on for this. Yeah, dude. It was, yeah, it yeah. was a great, great talk. I love, I love getting insight. Um, again, like, you know, this movie's fresh in my head. And I just, it's like, I just want to talk about the spoiling the whole movie Please um, do. to everybody that I see now. Yeah, of course. Of course. So thank you very much <laughs> for coming start, on. Start at the end and just go backwards. Like, just there you go. Them, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> if you do like it with... the, the memento version of low life. Memento, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> the fan. I'm looking for a fan edit now. Here we go. All right. But yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely appreciate your time, and we will keep up with yes. whatever you have coming up. And when this goes up, um, I'll make sure that there's you know links and whatever to people to rent the movie if they want to get it. As soon as the actual Shout Factory one comes out, too, we'll make sure that we share that for you. So. Oh, no. Thank you. Uh, cool. And then uh, as far as, you know, our show, everybody listening knows where to find us at. If you are listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us out to help other people to find us. And I think that's about it for now. So thanks for listening, guys, and have a good night. scene with crystal and her husband i forget his name um the one that made me laugh when he was all passed out and he's like oh i was playing edward 40 hands and i guess i lost but yeah <laughs> but they were like they weren't 40 ounces they were fucking liquor bottles though right yeah handles right, right. <laughs> yeah no they were they were like handles of whiskey yeah, yeah i'm like that's not how you play edward 40 hands yeah you are you trying to die dude? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh shit yeah, that was that early sort of part of that scene. That was that early. Um, that was in there pretty early on, and it was like that was kind of a I don't know. That was like a we were like this is how we're gonna approach these things where it's like if you can start a scene with a dude with fucking whiskey, you know, <laughs> handles taped to his hand, and then be kind of like fucked up and crying by the end of it. Like that's how we need to go <laughs> right, for everything, right. you know? Yeah, <laughs> like it gets great. way too serious too fast, but it's like. You would never see that coming, you know. I, I love that kind of stuff. Telling you. Exactly. Like I said, the emotional stuff got you, you know. It's like, oh, this mm -hmm. is actually like, you know, uh, a real at times. It can, you know, it can be. It's not just over-the-top violence just for the sake of violence. It, there's, there's, a, there's a real story here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Oh.
Oh yeah, what kind of Star Wars you guys talk? Oh me, I uh, I'm just a Star Wars fanboy, just all over. Prequels too. Oh yeah, I mean I kind of have to because uh, they're just, they're it they're they're canon, they're lore in the story. Even though the movies were eh, a little hard harder to watch, you know. But um, I'm that guy. Like of course I grew up with the original trilogy, but uh, pre- prequel on paper visually, I don't know. Still... Okay, here's here's my I'm a, I'm a pitch this to you because you're a Star Wars dude. Here's my pitch cool. for the prequels what they should have done. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they needed they fucked up because I I love Star Wars. So they needed sure. like the big reveal like how they had in you know Empire or whatever like because it's you know it's it's like fantasy. It's like a um <clears throat> like a you know old fantasy tale. So sure. they kind of had. The love triangle, or they didn't have it, but they should have had a love triangle. Mm-hmm. And fucking Obi Wan should have been their father. Uh, okay, uh, okay. So there's like a the, there's a love triangle. Fucking Vader finds out about it. That's why he goes fucking buck wild. Uh-huh. And then that puts into that recontextualizes the original trilogy, and then you can do the fallout from that and the and the new ones. Right, right. Because there was, I mean. I don't know if George Lucas started that or and changed yeah, it. Yeah, he kind of punked out. Like, there, yeah. Yeah, there was kind of like that that triangle the thing going. One, they tried to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I always thought that um episode 3 should have been the first one as Yeah, as or at least Vader. get get rid yeah. of the, war, the get rid of the first one. Maybe right. you yeah. do 2, 3 and then the yeah, the third one should have been Vader fucking Vader. wrecking. Yeah. There, just, there you go. I agree. Handling business. Sure, yeah. sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been cool. Yeah. I like it. That's exactly how it should have been. Nice. Are you uh, Are you a fan of what they're doing now with the stories, Ryan? Um, no, not, not, they're fine. Whatever. I mean, I didn't really like, I, <laughs> sure. I finally saw the last one. I didn't really like that one as much. It's just, mm. it's... It's a weird. I thought the last one specifically was like a weird anti-drama thing. Like they were just at every turn, kind of undercutting the drama of the whole thing and kind sure, of yes. the romance and shit. I don't know. It it was fine, but it was like sure, what in the sure. fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely took some it, turns. Well, and it's just what are they? What are they setting up for? Like you know the you know the stakes again in Empire. Like mm-hmm. everybody's fucked. You know we're going into the last one or whatever. It's like. Absolutely. Like she's whooped his ass like every time she sees him. Right. And now he killed the big bad guy. So who and they killed fucking Luke. So who is the bad? I mean, like, what's the actual thing here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's at least entertaining again. We'll see. But I did like. uh, Yeah. I mean, the the solo thing, I'm interested in that. But it's like, yeah, it's just they keep like they're not they're definitely not it's like a corporation for real now like they're not taking chances so yeah you know you're never going to get the weird crazy ass shit i mean it's all it all just feels so calculated and safe sure yeah yeah you're you're right on that that's why i'm i'm very excited for solo but uh um i feel like i mean of course the episode seven eight or it's one big movie that blends into each other that's it's like they filmed 12 hours and here we're only going to show you like three hours here and three hours here. I don't. Uh, they needed a sure, time sure. jump. It was, you're right. They needed so much more marination in it. And and I don't honestly like before we go into the thing. I I don't know who to blame. J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson because I don't know which one did it right. Right. And well, the, the new one feels like a like a fuck you to everybody. Like to 
JJ. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like a JJ fan, but it just feels right. like he was setting some shit up and Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson was like, no, fuck you. We're going to do this kind of thing. It's like, well, cool. Yeah. What's the plan moving? <laughs> like, hopefully they, you know, can pull it together. But it just feels like, yeah, yeah, like I liked all the characters when they set them up. But then, you know, they made a movie where it's like they're slowly chasing each other through space. And then right. like on right. Ray's side, they're just killing fucking everybody who would be some kind of threat. So I fucking, I was like, wow, that's, I don't know what the fuck the movie's going to be in the end now. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Right, right. I hear you. Yeah, hopefully, like like I said, hopefully at least is entertaining. But yeah, it's, it's weird because then they're supposed to go into other backstories and go into another trilogy after this. So Yeah, with Ryan Johnson or whatever. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where the chips may fall, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll save that for uh, I'll I'll put that at the end as like an outtake, <laughs> a little Star Wars talk with Ryan Prowse. Just bullshitting. Yeah. to do that superman story like he actually finds out it, they did not explode they just fucking sent him away and <laughs> told him some bullshit <laughs> yeah, right. like, oh my god <laughs> no like no we're fine we just don't want you fucking here yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> discovers krypton they're all just they're having a blast and uh yeah. oh that would be funny <laughs> he got caught with like a 15 year old girl and they were like oh come on yeah. man. <laughs> we gotta hide our shame and kick him the fuck off the planet right <laughs> that's the story i'm just that... giving jewels here we can we can be writing all this I stuff, know. guys we can be jumping right into this take over star wars take over superman you they're go. fucking superman up so you right. might as well do that do something <laughs> yeah right. it would certainly get a lot of people talking about the new movie yeah
do like a little quick outro to sign off and then we'll just say goodbye off of the quote unquote air. So Okay, cool. It it uh it feels awkward if I have you hang up during the middle of the show, so <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen. So. <laughs> the only person that's ever hung up in the middle of the show was for some reason me because <laughs> my my yeah. skype shut down in the middle of a recording one time yeah and they were like paul Fucking... paul where are you <laughs> yeah i'll just go paul. okay back to star wars talk <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> paul is back went back to his home planet <laughs> yeah i tried to but they didn't take me so i came back <laughs> finished the show <laughs> they were like we told you to leave already <laughs>